Hey everybody, thanks for joining us on Code Chat. My name is Jeremy Foster, and standing about four feet to my right is Daniel Egan. Hello, nice to meet you. Daniel is my contemporary in the Southern California, so he's yep. normally about six million feet south of me. Yes, and uh, it's quite a bit warmer as well. Yeah. <laughs> but he's up here in the Seattle area, so we decided to record a Code Chat. You're working on uh, the main stack these days. Can you tell us about that? I am. I am. I decided to uh, break out of my comfort zone. I've uh, been a .NET developer for 20 plus years and uh, decided to uh, dive into the main stack and uh, do a series of um, what I experience in it and uh, teach people along the way. Well, uh, kudos. Uh, the water's warm here, so yeah. glad to have you in the, <laughs> in the node world. Yeah. This is kind of a migration story then. Not, we're not migrating a code base. We're migrating we're a developer. Migrating me. Yeah, <laughs> migrating me. Uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, been interesting um, to uh, kind of dive into this. Uh, as we kind of talked about before, um, you're used to uh, certain things and certain tools and mm -hmm. certain ways of doing things uh, when, you, when you're a .NET developer. But um, jumping into the mean stack, um, it's just different. Do you think there's something unique about a .NET developer, or is it the same story if, if a person's moving from any code base or framework to another one? Um, I, th I think it's the type of developer. So I think most of my career I was an enterprise developer, mm -hmm. right? So it was a lot of back-end code. Uh, you know, I did some front-end stuff, but my front-ends were, you know, gray and bland. <laughs> Battleship. Like, yeah, <laughs> like a lot of uh, developers that aren't really designers. Yeah. And so you were knee-deep in, in uh, you know, back-end code, right? And your back-end code's in, in C-sharp, and, um, you know, maybe you're dealing with ob object-relational mappers and that type stuff. Um, but it's very structured and very contained. Yeah. Um, and, and again, you know, you just get used to what you know. Yeah. And uh, jumping into the mean stack, um, breaks you out of that, you know, the, the first thing you realize is the command line. Um, I actually never was a, a command line guy. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't a uh, guy that grew up on the TRS-80, you know, punching out code. Um, I grew up, you know, uh, encoding starting in the 90s. Mm -hmm. And so that was the era of the GUI, yeah. right? Right. Even networking uh, was was GUI. Like you know, our company at the time switched from Novell to Microsoft. I think essentially because instead of doing command line switches, you can do you know right click and set properties and, right. and manage your network. Um, and so it's been interesting to me, kind of uh, going back a little bit. Um, I find myself doing simple things like response.write <laughs> and debugging that like I used to do in ASP yeah. uh, back in the day, yep. just to to figure out where I am and stuff. It's interesting that um, I, I don't know why I expect that there should be this one interaction technique like like GUI or command line that will do everything. Like there's a right way to do it, and we're all trying to converge to the right way to do it. I don't think that's the case at all. Like most other experiences, it's it's going to be a hybrid. There are going to be some things that work better in this way, and some things that work better in this way. You know, I, there's some things I want to do on the command line, other things I really want a UI for. Although, although there's fighters. So there's yeah. fighters on both sides. On both sides. There's people that will make sure they do absolutely everything in the command line, uh -huh. and they'll fight and fight not to do it, and same thing on the GUI side. And quite honestly, when I first started, I tried to do everything GUI. Yeah. Um, I tried to do Git with their GUI. I tried to do, you know, Mongo uh, DB has, like, uh, Robo Mongo and stuff that gives you a nice visual, which is good for an augment. Um, but I came to find out 
um, a lot of samples, a lot of examples, a lot of tutorials, they're all command line. Yeah. So you just, you just got to bite the bullet and, and go back to remembering switches in your head. You know? you know, I think about the fact that here I've got a laptop with a, with a keyboard and a mouse and a screen, a touch screen. And when I'm using the computer, there are times when the very fastest thing I can do is touch the button on the screen and others where I should go for the mouse yeah. because I'm going to need to have some more fine control of the cursor. And other times where I'm just using my keyboard shortcuts. I'm very multimodal. You know, I'm very hybrid in the way that I interact with my PC as far as the input. And it's the same way as far as the user interfaces go. Right, right. I think we're all very multimodal. Okay, so let's talk about your comfort level. Because <laughs> moving from one language stack framework to another, it's hard. Everything's different. And I, I always tell people learning the syntax of a language is not hard. Yeah. Uh, most of them are the same. Yeah. You know? What's hard is learning the new object models. Because you get into this new space and you're used to say dot to string or you're used to upper, whatever the, your, yeah. you know, your object model is. And now all of a sudden it's all different. Yeah. And also moving from .NET, which is a very unified very curated platform into the mean stack. This is not unified <laughs> and curated by any stretch of the imagination. No, and, and that's, uh, it's, it's funny, that's one of the beautiful parts of it um, and the more difficult parts of it um, because it is uh, separate. It's, if you think of the mean stack, you know, and I don't think we even said what mean is. Right. Yeah, it's, you know, Mongo, uh, ExpressJS, uh, AngularJS, and Node.js. Those are all separate projects. Um, but if it was just four separate projects, that probably still wouldn't yeah. be a problem. Yeah. But it's not just four separate projects. Right. It's if you add in NPM, which is Node Package Manager, and all the other generators and stuff, it's hundreds and hundreds of them, mm -hmm. which is great because whatever you need to put in your application, you can find. But it's hundreds and hundreds of people trying to lock versions and keep them in sync and. Um, so there's a lot of uh, interesting fiddling, um, especially when you're starting out. When you, when you get a project going and then you're just building on it, that's fine. But mm -hmm. when you're doing a lot of um, talks or you're doing a lot of checking out stuff, it's, you're doing a lot of why isn't this working and, and figuring out, well, this version of this needs to fit with this version of this and rolling back versions to try and get it to fit. Yeah. So the beauty is just the amount of stuff you can put into it uh, but that, uh, again, causes difficulty on the other side. Well, and I think that what you're moving forward with, you've got a series that we're going to talk about, and, and what you're moving forward with is, is walking people through the mean stack and all of the related technologies, and you're following it um, pretty closely, the, the, the M for Mongo and the E for Express and all of that. But I find that sometimes the term mean is um, not so strict. Sometimes people swap out one or more of these components, and yet we still use the term mean. So what's the significance of the mean stack? Is it just a catchy word or what? Yeah, uh, well, it is, <laughs> uh, but it's more than that. Um, if you remember, you know, you've been a developer for a long time. Um, I remember back in the day, Ajax. Oh, um, yeah. Ajax was a term that came around, um, and it was actually this guy. Uh, let me see if I can find him quickly. <laughs> I think I can find him quickly. This guy, Jesse James Garrett. So I remember back, uh, I guess it was in the 90s, um, we were already using the technologies that um, Ajax kind of, the term Ajax brings together. Um, but the fact that uh, he coined the term Ajax made it to a level of beyond the developer. Um, so 
it, it makes it easy for, if I say Ajax, you understand what I'm doing along a, a breadth yeah. of technologies. Yeah. And then what it also did is it uh, brought together the terminology to the upper level. So to the CTO or to the developer manager, um, where they would say, <coughs> hey, I want this Ajax stuff. Yeah, right. right. I've heard um, this is good and stuff. And mean uh, is the same thing. So this guy that works at... Uh, actually, MongoDB, uh, Valerie Kuproff, and this is only two years ago, uh, mm. came up with the term. Everything moves so fast yeah, right I know, now. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. You, you think Mean's been around forever. Um, but the technologies were there, but he was actually, and, and one of the reasons I got interested in it is he was um, helping with a lot of hackathons, as you know, we do. And he found that um, when he used these technologies together, which his team called the Mean Stack, he was able to get people going really quickly building applications mm -hmm. using you know, these four different mm -hmm. things. Yeah. And so the term, though, um, starts to solidify uh, understanding of what you're working on. Yeah. So if I'm saying, I say I'm using the mean stack, you know I'm using JavaScript up and down. So it's a, a term developers can use, mm -hmm. and it's a term that, again, the CTOs can understand. It makes me feel like if I'm going to use a technology stack, I'm going to have to go figure out the letters and make sure that it spells something. Yep. <laughs> Otherwise, maybe this is not a valid stack. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. <laughs> that's a good point. Um, it, it's funny. Uh, it's, it, you never know what term's going to uh, stick. stick, though, right? right. So it's, it's not something you can pick. I'm sure people try all the time. Well, you know, that alludes to one of the big differences between this open source world and things like the mean stack and more unified curated platforms, and that is that um, with, with the open source platforms, it's kind of a lot of little votes by people that use it that determines what it is that moves forward, what it is that gets popular, what it is that moves forward. And, and there's a lot of frustration in that because there are a lot of beginning developers that will watch this and say, yes, exactly, I yeah. hate it when there's a new technology and I don't know if this is going to be a thing yet. Yeah. I don't know if I should tune into this, you know? But, but uh, as you know, being a developer for a long time, that's your life. Yeah. You have to make decisions which yeah. way you go, and sometimes you make the right decisions, and sometimes you make the wrong ones. Um, so sometimes you make a lot of little bets, and then see how they all go, and then just you know, follow one right. path. Technology right. always changes. Um, being a developer for a long time, I remember the mainframe programmers at the enterprise I worked at you know, did not want to change, and yeah. did not want to change. And if you don't want to change as a developer, it's going to change for you, oh, and then you're going to be way back here. You're going to, yeah, yeah. You but can't be reticent as a developer. You brought up uh, something in what you just said um, that the open source has is community. Yeah. So uh, community um, to me. So back in the day, the, the way I learned .NET was um, I don't know if you remember iBuySpy. Yeah, I do. It was the sample application that came out with when they uh, started .NET, and that's where I cut my teeth. Um, I dove through that application, and me and my partner uh, at the time uh, were using MySQL. Mm -hmm. And so we converted it to be MyBuySpy, right? And so people started downloading because they were using, they wanted to use the application and yeah. they were using MySQL. And uh, it, was, it was a great learning experience for me. And that led me into uh, .NET Nuke. So .NET Nuke was a product that was a derivative of that. Okay. Um, and the beauty, and I, I wrote a couple books on .NET Nuke and building websites and stuff. And so that was a great experience, too. Um, again, helped me dive deeper into .NET. But the best part of that experience was the community. Mm -hmm. So it was a vibrant community. So when you needed uh, questions answered, they were right there. You know, if you needed a module um, for .NET Nuke, it was already written. Um, so that breadth really made it grow into a, 
a company. Mm -hmm. You know, that was an open source project that grew into a, a big company. Mm -hmm. I think they got at one point ten million in funding for .NET Nuke. Um, and the mean community is the same way. You know, it's it, there's just like we talked about earlier, hundreds and hundreds of people um, working on different stuff that all work together to help make each other's lives easier. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, under the mean stack, maybe the most fundamental component of it is the N, the node. Yeah. And Node has a phenomenal community. I mean, I've been I've been working with Node for a little while now, just a little while. I mean, in the scope of the way the the pace of technology these days, it's just a little while. But over the last few months, I've seen the the main package manager for Node, npm, grow from I think a hundred thousand to like two hundred thousand modules. Yeah. Like, seems like overnight, <laughs> you know. You, you can't uh, you can't. It's like the internet. It's it's endless. You can't yeah. find the end of it. Yeah, there's actually, um, I, I did an episode, uh, if you could go to this URL for me, since we're sharing your screen, go to codefoster.com slash codechat slash 039. And I interviewed a guy by the name of uh, Andre Kashka, and he created this visualizer for these uh, package manager stores. And if you scroll down a little bit, that's Andre. And if you go down and click on that Google link, this one? yep, that one there. And that'll take you to this visualization. And so people that have watched Code Chat have seen this already. But let's click on NPM. Find the NPM store. It's on the right, on the top there. And when you click on this, it brings you into the. It looks like a star field, but this is really a visualization of the NPM community. And you can kind of see these little constellations out on the outskirts that are these miniature communities that don't have a lot of dependencies on the the core modules, but they have dependencies on each other. Oh, and it's nice. kind of neat to be able to browse around and see um, uh, all of these. It's great to have a visualization for this, you know? Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I think uh, uh, when you bring up uh, visualization, um, that's one of the things that uh, has been uh, most difficult is, is not having that, that visual cue. Because you're on the command line? Right, because you're on the command line <laughs> all the time. Imagine trying to get yeah. this amount of information into your brain from the command line, it's yeah, just ridiculous. Exactly, and just remembering because you know the difficulty is command line is not typing; it's just mm -hmm. remembering. Yeah. Um, you have a you know if you use something like PowerShell or some other tools, you have some memorization of what you've done the last sixty-five times, um, but uh, you know you have to remember the syntax. You have to mm -hmm. remember what switch to use. You have to mm -hmm. remember um, what order the switches what order go the in. switches <laughs> go in. All that stuff. So it's it's uh, it it trains your brain, but that's not a bad thing. Yeah. So. So are you, are you getting? You feel like you're getting uh, getting there with the command line. You're memorizing the switches and everything. I'm I'm getting there. I'm I'm getting more comfortable with it. Um, I actually um, am liking it. You know, I'm launching uh, different stuff from the command line, uh, different programs that I utilize um, when I'm when I'm building something. Mm -hmm. So it's it's. Uh, I think for any developer, it's that ah, this is something new mm -hmm. type thing, and uh, you just got to keep uh, going forward and getting over it because it's not it's not. You said it was hard at the beginning. It's not that it's hard. It's just that it's different. Yeah. And it's not that you're used to, and you're so used to the speed at which you can develop. Right. Right. And in your comfort language. Yeah. And then going to somewhere else and going, man, I could have. What What you got to fight is the the thing in your head that says, man, I could have done this in five minutes. Yep. The way I used to do it. Yeah. Yep. And now this took me how long? It just took me an hour to figure this out. Mm -hmm. And you just got to fight that. Yeah. Um, if someone's coming from the mean stack to C sharp, they're going to go through the same thing. Yeah, you know, I, I think it was Richard Feynman that talked about um, 
being able to march on in the face of ambiguity when you're learning something and it doesn't make sense and it's all kind of foggy. And I, I try to encourage young and beginning developers with that because I know that whenever I'm in a new language or a new stack or a new technology, I mean, they're coming out like crazy these days. And whenever I jump into it, I don't have the schema yet. I don't know how this fits and what it does and how it works. I don't know any of that stuff. And I've got to trudge through these examples and hopefully they've done a good job with their examples and documentation and I can come up a little quicker. But it just feels all foggy and, ambigu and yeah. ambiguous. You know? yeah, absolutely. And if you can hold on in the midst of that, then the concepts will form and, and, and you'll have a more concrete hold on what exactly this is. You'll have more of a, I like to say you'll have more of a conceptual hold on it so that then you're able to understand understand it from any facet, from any angle. Okay, I know what this is all about. I know what it can be used for. I, I know some, I can, I can uh, kind of uh, pick some alternate strategies for doing this or whatever because I've got the concept down. Yeah, and that's where, where blogging or uh, doing a, a series on this is, is beneficial because it allows you to look backwards. Yeah. You know, even in my, you know, short journey so far into the stack, I could look back and go, oh, I remember when I was, when Git was hard, right? <laughs> and, I'm, and you start to think, wait, well, Git's not Why hard. Why is it so hard? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not hard. It's just, you know, you just weren't used to it. Yeah. And you can see this uh, through, you know, setting up a, a node server or, you know, difficulties in, you know, setting up MongoDB. Oh, I just forgot to put, you know, do the data directory. Yeah. You know this now, but when you start teaching other people, um, you can see, oh, they're having the same mistake and, yep. and, and do that. So it's, it's nice to look backwards and, and see that. That's really a core component of yours and my job is trying to put together, like at the same time that we're learning something, or you know, maybe it's some concepts that we've kind of already gotten our heads around, mm -hmm. but trying to put it together in a f and deliver it in a format that's going to be beneficial to people, right. you know, yeah. so that they'll be able to grok it sooner. I, I mean, that's the... I, the favorite part of my, my job is uh, teaching, yeah. I think. You know, I love, you know, I taught at the university for a little while, and I love the uh, light bulb going yeah, on of, of, from beginning bulb. developers. Mm -hmm. Just, I mean, even the simple stuff like getting variables and for loops and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it, I like uh, watching that go on. So I saw a, a quote recently that I believe it was Carl Sagan that said that it's because I have such a hard time understanding things, and I have to spend so much time really getting to a complete understanding of it that I'm good at explaining it. And I feel the same way. Like some of these concepts... Are, are you are using Carl Sagan because we have this <laughs> in the background yeah, right exactly. now? Exactly. <laughs> um, I, I think Albert Einstein has a quote very much like that. Um, if you can't explain it simply, you don't know it well enough. Right. Yeah, so that's I, it's not verbatim, but something like that. So. Yeah, and I, I kind of take that to heart. I, I really want to be able to explain it uh, in a way that you know anyone can kind, kind of understand. So. Yeah. I like to um, give developers something uh, tangible that they can take home when we're, whenever we have uh, talks like this. And, and I, I think that you know, we talked about um, m migrating yourself as a developer, and, and that's one thing that developers should be ready to do. Like, I think there's a lot of benefit in being a, 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 at least somewhat of a polyglot. And, right. and if you are steeped in a single language, try stepping out. Yeah. We talked a bit about community. And I, I meet a lot of developers at one point for some small period. I, I was a developer, and I was one of those developers on an island. I, I was not plugged into the community. I wasn't, uh, I was sometimes reading blogs, but I wasn't writing anything. I wasn't, you know, putting anything together, putting any thoughts together. And so I would encourage developers to migrate, like you're doing, huh. to join communities. What else? 
Yeah, I mean, it's uh, one of the things that uh, I was big before I joined Microsoft. I was huge in the community, do, you know, doing code camps. There's code camps all over the country to go to. It's a great way to get uh, uh, information. Uh, user groups. I mean, again, I just search meetup.com. There's yeah. any technology you want. Um, you know, meetup.com is a, is a great way to do it. But just blogging, I, I find people are afraid to blog mm -hmm. on stuff that they don't feel they're an expert on. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I can fall under that too. You know, I feel, oh, I need to know more about this before I blog it. But there's something beneficial and community centric when you do a blog about stuff you're learning, mm -hmm. right? Cortana, thanks, thanks for thanks talking Cortana. to her. Thanks, Cortana. <laughs> you can go back to sleep, Cortana. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, just, really just blogging and stuff when you're learning. Because um, I've done this more than once in my career. I can't figure something out, and I went and searched for it. <laughs> and you found and your I, own. <laughs> yeah, I found either my own post on somewhere else or my, or my own blog. And isn't <laughs> like, it funny uh. because like, the way that when you, as you're reading it, you're like, this is, this is like brilliantly this written. This is exactly what I needed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so there's a few action items, some things that people can go out and do. I think another one is get involved in open source projects. Yeah. There are a lot of people out there writing code. As an example, uh, Daniel and I are playing with a project right now. I have a rowing machine at home, and I went and played forever with the, uh, I probably spent three or four hours on, um, let me just remind myself how to go read from the serial port, yeah. you know? And so I was going back into the low level, and I was like, wait, Maybe somebody has done this already, <laughs> and so I went and searched npm, and yeah. I found. Let me let me just let's just go there yeah, right go now. Ahead, go ahead. Go to go to npmjs.org, and then we search for. I searched for the specific machine, just thinking maybe I'll get lucky, and somebody's already done this. Oh man, look at this! Yeah, somebody's yeah. already written Node Water Rower, and well, so I got, of course it's there because you saw that universe. Of oh, I know. NPM, yeah, so. it's somewhere yeah. in that universe, yeah. right? And then this is the way things work these days. This is the package, and he's, it's an open source project. Most people are just giving away their code. And so I jump over to it on GitHub, and I go, well, this is excellent. And what does this return to mean? He's got some good docs. OK, good. I've got my stroke rate, my da 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 all these things. Wait a minute. I want calorie count. This doesn't do calorie count. What do I do? Communicate with this guy and say, can you please add this for me? Heck no. I go fork the project and then add calories into my own. And if I think this is a valuable contribution to the project, I just send James a, a PR. And are, say, are you going to send it back? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to send him a awesome. PR and say, if you want calories, I just added that in real quick. You know. Nice. And GitHub's great at facilitating um, this community, this basically communication on this whole system. So if you're a new developer and you're trying to figure this out, you get involved in an open source project, I guarantee you almost anybody working on something like that would love for you to go oh, yeah. star their project, fork their project, work on some PRs. They they want you to join. Yeah, them. he's actually. You can see he's got three contributors, and and is that your branch? Yeah, yeah probably. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and you're one branch. <laughs> cool. Awesome. So uh, this has been this has been a fun talk about migrating yourself as a developer. Is yeah. there anything else that you want to add, either as a point of encouragement or whatever? No, j uh, just if you want to follow along on the journey. So it's called Mean on Azure. So okay. it's not just Mean. So I okay. want to show um, how to utilize Mean, but how to utilize Mean on Azure. And so we're, we'll cover topics um, like you know Node.js, not just spin up in Node.js, but where are you going to spin it up? Are you going to spin it up just in a simple web app, which is good yeah. use cases? Or are you going to spin up virtual machines, yeah. um, whether it's a Linux or a, a Windows machine? Mm -hmm. um, the same thing with Node. 
um, you can, or I'm sorry, with Mongo, are you going to yeah. use Mongo Labs through Azure? Yeah. Um, or are you going to do your own uh, sharding and replica sets across multiple regions, across multiple VMs? Mm -hmm. um, and so, uh, you know, if anyone's interested in following along the journey uh, with me, you know, they can go to so, uh, SoGeek.us, uh, mean on Azure, and uh, we'll be putting up videos all the time on that. And Daniel's already got the first video yes. out. It looks fabulous. And so you can go see, kind of get a taste of what the uh, series is going to look like. And then as you, you'll follow the series, you'll kind of see Daniel's migration yeah. unfold and hopefully learn a, a lot in the process. Cool. Great. Well, hey, thanks for joining us on uh, Code Chat and this discussion on Mean, the Mean stack, Mean on Azure, and uh, uh, the migration of one developer from uh, .NET into the, <laughs> <laughs> into the scattered... Yes, <laughs> the scattered world. world of Node. Yep. That's right. Well, we uh, hope to see you next time. Thanks again for joining us. Thanks.